speaker this morning. Uh, this morning we have the privilege of hearing from uh, our local chapter of the Gideons. Um, we've got Earl Bilby with us. Uh, he's going to be coming and, and preaching and sharing a bit from uh, the, the ministry of the Gideons, so I don't want to spoil any of that. Uh, I'm just going to turn it right over to Earl. Come on. Thank you very much. Good to have you. See, he's got me mic'd up here. I do appreciate you having me today. Uh, I was hoping that uh, Brother Holton Harrison, I think he goes to church here, does he not? He does. I was hoping he'd be here. He was a fellow principal with me uh, at one time, and I was looking forward to preaching to him. Uh, <laughs> it's a little, uh, little different, but I don't see him here. I'm not sure where he is. He's also a fellow Gideon with me as well. And we have some Gideons here this morning, and um, we do appreciate them coming and supporting me. There's a church service just like this. They had a Gideon speaker that day. They got through. The Gideon speaker went with the pastor back to the back door so as to say goodbye to the people that were leaving. There's a young lady. She kept standing around and standing around. Each of them would comment to the Gideon speaker and comment to their pastor, just like normal. But she stood there and waited to be last. And finally she went up to the Gideon speaker and she said to the Gideon speaker, I've got a story I want to tell you. She started. She had been in service and she was stationed in Oklahoma where there she had been given a Gideon Testament, very much like this. I'm not sure about the color, but very much like this one right here. She was given that Testament along with a lot of other soldiers as well. And after the distribution of the Gideon Testaments to them, they went back to their barracks. Some of them took them and threw them on their bunk. Some of them took those Gideon Testaments and they put them in their locker she decided she'd start reading it. Well, she read it. She would read it nearly every night. The other soldiers, they saw her doing it. They watched her, and each night she'd be reading it. Then they started reading it. Then they decided they would form a circle of friends, and they would read, them, read it together. And eventually, all of them accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But the story doesn't end there. What happened to the young lady after that was rather bad. She got in a terrible accident. She had compound fractures in both legs. They at first didn't even know if she'd be able to walk. But she gradually got to walk, got to run, and she stayed in the army. Shortly after that, they were, her squad was all called up to go to Iraq. But the doctors on the base said that she was not going to be able to go. The other six members of her team, they went to Iraq only to shortly be killed by a roadside bomb. All of them had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what she said. She said she was so thankful that her friends had received those New Testaments and each received Christ, and that wouldn't have been done if the Gideons had not placed those scriptures there. 
If you were to die today, would you know for certain where you would spend eternity? I'm going to repeat that. If you were to die today, would you know for certain where you would spend eternity? We never know, just like those soldiers. They didn't know either. You know, most of you, as I look out, I don't know, maybe all of you, maybe there's a few of you that have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I don't know. But most of us here probably have already. But isn't that a wonderful way to talk to somebody or to open a discussion to be able to witness to somebody if you ever get that opportunity? I'm not saying walk up to somebody and say that necessarily, but if given the opportunity, ask them because that's what knowing Jesus Christ is all about. In Proverbs 11.30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. I've been amazed myself at the testimonies I've heard. You know, Gideons like to use testimonies that are very... Um, unusual, just like the one I told you just then. It's a true, verified testimony. We like to use those. There's many other testimonies, people being saved all the time through Bibles that were distributed at motels and places like that. But isn't it amazed how just placing a Gideon Testament in the right place at the right time sometimes you don't even have to witness with words. For God promises us in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth, that it shall not return to me void, but accomplish that for which I please and for which it was sent. The light turned yellow. Had to make a decision. The guy, he looked, he decided he'd stop. He stopped all of a sudden. The lady behind him, <clears throat> she was talking on her telephone. She was putting on some makeup. She was, all of a sudden, saw some red lights. She had to decide what to do, and it was simple. Slamming on brakes. Just barely missed them. What did she do? She started saying things she shouldn't say. She started using gestures she shouldn't use. <laughs> She started, and all of a sudden, there was a tap on the window. Who was there? A policeman that had come up right behind her. He told her to get out of the car. She had to show her license, put her hands behind her back. He cuffed her and took her down to the station, where there they booked her. They started, they took all her, you know, her belongings, her pocketbook, and all that kind of stuff and they put her in a jail cell temporarily. About an hour, two hours later, another officer comes up, and he says, come with me to the desk. And there was the arresting officer at the desk with all her belongings, and he started to say, and this is what he said, I am very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, excuse me for saying this, flipping off the guy in front of you and cussing a blue streak. I noticed the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Choose Life license plate holder, 
the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated fish emblem on your truck, trunk, so naturally, I just assumed you had stolen the car. <laughs> now, think about that. That's, I guess that's what you'd really call hypocrisy, hypocritical, being hypocritical. And I think sometimes many of us, including myself, are guilty of some form of that. It reminds me of the man who was stranded on an island all by himself, was out there for years. Finally, someone came up and found him after years and years. And they saw three buildings there. And the guy asked him, he said, well, what are those three buildings? He said, well, this one is my house. This one is my church. And that one over there is the church I used to go to. Stop and think about that. A lot of times we get caught up that way, don't we? We have a hard time fitting in. The hypocrisy that comes from all of this, sometimes we can't even live with ourselves. We don't sometimes even believe what we have done. You know, the other day I was at Belk Tyler's with my wife. And while we were there, I'm like every man that goes there. I'm either going to sit down and wait for my wife to get through. You guys kind of relate to this, I, I think. Or you're going to find someone to talk to. But you're not really going to go over there and paw through all those clothes. <laughs> you know? so, we're fine. so I'm standing next to a mannequin. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, I decided I was going to witness to that mannequin. And I said, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And you know what that mannequin said? Mannequins don't talk, folks. <laughs> mannequin said nothing. But you know, I don't give up very easily. So I looked at that mannequin, and I said... Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And you know what that mannequin said. I think you're catching on now. <laughs> That's right. That mannequin said nothing. I said, where do you want to spend eternity? And of course, the mannequin said absolutely the same thing. Nothing. <laughs> Will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Like many of us, we have not responded to the call. We're cold, stiff, and hard when it comes to our religious faith. We're not willing to step out of the comfortable box that we have surrounded ourselves in. Today I'd like to talk to you about the work of the Gideons. I've been a Gideon now, not real good with this math, but I think about 14 years I've been a Gideon. In Matthew 28, 19, 20, it says, Go ye therefore, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. What is that? You know what it is. You've heard that. You've been taught this in church for 
a long, long time, Sunday school as well. That's the Great Commission. And you know what? Jesus gave that to the disciples to go out and do, didn't he? No. He didn't give it just to the disciples to go out and do, did he? He gave it to your preacher, or your preachers in the past, I see. Your preachers, they're supposed to go out and do it. Oh, the Gideons are supposed to go out and do it. No, he gave that to all of us to go out and do, didn't he? He told all of us to go out and seek other people and draw them into this faith. We are the Gideons. We are business and professional men that are interdenominational. We seek people to help come join us. We try to spread God's word as fast as we possibly can for time is going by mighty fast. We have seven spiritual objectives. We are first of all men of the book. We believe in the Bible as Jesus Christ and God's word. We are men of faith. We believe. That's what all of us are called to do. And it takes it through faith. Everything isn't always shown to us. We have to believe based on faith. We are men of separated walk. That's probably the hardest one to do. I might mention this too. I'm, I'm leaving out someone. I'm leaving out our auxiliary. Our auxiliary is a strong arm of what we do. Without them, we couldn't accomplish the things we do. They also share with us these same spiritual objectives. When we are men of separated men and women of separated walk, it means sometimes we have to do something that's hard to do that probably somebody's going to think you're weird or you're going you're unusual. And if you really want to make it hard, I'm looking at these young people here in these schools. It is really difficult sometimes, whether you're in college, whether you're in high school, or whichever school you're in. I can tell you it's very, very difficult for them to stand alone. And sometimes we wind up standing alone. We are men of compassion. We love to give. We give ourselves. We give of our time. We give of our money. Men and women. We are men who witness. Men and women who witness. We go out and we don't mind standing up for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are men who also give. We give financially to the Gideons. We're not paid to do this. I'm not paid. Don's not paid. Mary's not paid. My wife's not paid. We actually pay to do it. We are in, we have over 259,500 Gideon and auxiliary members in the world. I'll give you a few statistics. We're in over 200 countries, and we have Bibles written in 107 different languages. North Carolina alone has over 6,000 Gideon and auxiliary members. We spread God's word so fast that every time your heart beats, we have distributed somewhere in the world a Bible or a testament to two and a half people. This past year alone, we distributed over 81 million copies of God's Word. About 11 and a half million 
came, was right here in the United States, which as you and I both know is a place that's needing Bibles more and more and needing the word spread more and more. Our efforts to spread God's word have, to, have often inspired us and drove us to want to do more as Gideons. How powerful God's word can be when God uses each of us. Since 1899, when the Gideons first originated with two gentlemen that were in uh, a motel in, uh, I think it was Wisconsin, they came up with the idea. The actual distribution of testaments didn't start till about 1908. But since then, we have distributed over 2.3 billion copies of God's word. But the field is ripe out there. I was talking to Reverend Hightower, and he went to the Philippines, I understand. And he know that, knows this very, very well. The field is real ripe out there. Because there's over 4 billion people that don't know God as their Lord and Savior. And it's our job to go out and do this. We share this with you. Our purpose is the same as your purpose. We're to win others to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we attempt to do as Gideons. Gideons accomplish their purpose in two basic ways. One is we actually purchase these ourselves. Um, not all of them, not the ones that go in schools or we distribute other places. But when we witness to people and we give one to them when we're witnessing, we actually purchase these ourselves and we go out and spread God's word this way. You know, you know, you're probably looking at me. I, I hope you're thinking I'm, I'm doing a good job. But I don't really always feel so comfortable in front of a lot of people. And especially when you're having to talk to someone about God's word, I may sometimes not feel comfortable. But as life goes along, I'm feeling more and more comfortable. It seems like it's becoming easier and easier. This little testament, when I have it, it helps me open the door to be able to have a conversation with somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's ways that you can find also to speak to people and let them know that you believe, but not only do you believe, but that you want them to believe as well. The ladies, we usually use one that's burgundy or uh, some color like this, and the ladies use a real pretty one, a periwinkle, I believe it is. It's kind of a bluish one, isn't it, Mary? I think a, a periwinkle. And um, we also reach the lost in another way as well, and that's through the distribution. That's where you know us best, through the distribution of God's word in various places, such as in jails, uh, many of you know our sheriff, Ronnie Ingram. He has been real, real good to work with. Our former sheriff was as well. And we're able to get the word to prisoners and the people that are in jail. We also, you'll find us in motels. You know about that ministry. You'll find us in hotels. We've got some Bibles like this you'll find in a motel. Okay. You'll find one similar to... This, in a hospital, we're distributing them. You'll find a, the auxiliary going around with a little white Bible this size, and they'll be reach, trying to reach the medical profession. Um, 
like the nurses, like the doctors, or anybody in any medical uh, area, then that this is what they use, and that's what they try to uh, they try to get people to take them. Um, we've been. I want to tell you some really good news. For a while, we were taken out of the public schools. We had to find another way to try to reach back into the public schools. Well, we have, and I don't mind saying it. Matter of fact, I think he was a principal at Frank one time. He's now the superintendent of uh, public schools in Lenore County, Brent Williams. And I don't know how many of you may know him or, or not, but he's outstanding. He has allowed us to go back in, talk to the principals, and when the principals give us the green light, we're able to go back to the same way we used to distribute testaments before. The only difference is we have chosen now to try to go through the sixth grade rather than the fifth grade. And the reason for that is because in the fifth grade, we were having to go to 11 elementary schools, public schools. And this way, we can only, only have to go to four public um, schools by going through the middle school. We get them in the sixth grade now. We have just finished that uh, process. Any of you young people or any of you adults that have young people at your middle school, we have just offered them the opportunity. We don't make them take them. <laughs> we, don't, we don't proselyte while we're there. What we do is we go in and we distribute God's word if they want a copy of God's word. The same thing is true also, I want to tell you about Lenore Community College. Rusty Hunt is the, Dr. Rusty Hunt is the new president at Lenore Community College. They love them there. <laughs> the staff loves them. Um, the young people that we've talked to love them. He has given us the green light to get back in there as well. And uh, we went this year and distributed, uh, I think it was over 600 and some copies of God's Word this year. Uh, there's getting to be less students at the actual college. More and more of them are taking online courses, and it makes it very hard to get as many as we used to, but we're still able to get into the college and reach those young people that way. <clears throat> we also have a book called The Life Book, Your Pastor, if he does not know it yet. <laughs> um, he is able to uh, uh, go online, and there's a place that we can lead them to, uh, go online and order just about as many of these little life books as, as he wants, about two or 3,000 if he wants that many. Most pastors don't want that many. But um, you can use them right here in your church. Cost you nothing. This is a, a little book. It's uh, out of the book of Mark, and it's written at an eighth grade level. The white one, I think the white one used to be the book of John. Uh, but I don't know that we make those anymore. I think that uh, they just have this little gray one, but that's something your pastor can use. Literally seconds away, boom, a young boy comes crashing through the front door. Mama, mama, look what I've got, look what I've got. Terry Hansley, a lady from Billings, Montana, was having a very difficult, difficult time. She didn't know what to do. Her money was drying up. Her source of income, her, uh, she was separated. She had a child. She was sitting in a closet, not being very rational about thinking about what she should be thinking about, 
She was thinking about all her problems. She was sitting in a closet, I said, with a gun in her hand, about to kill herself. True story. When she didn't know what to do. She asked God this question. She said, if for some reason I should not end my life right here, right now, you need to do something. Yeah, that sounds like a bad way to talk to God, doesn't it? Boom! The young man come running in the door. And when he came running in the door, Mama, Mama, look what I've got. The young boy that day had been given a testament just like this. I don't know about the color. And he come home with that testament in his hand at exactly the right time. She puts her gun up. She gets out of the closet, tries to make out like nothing had happened, listened to what he had to say. And they both accepted the Lord Jesus Christ right at that time. And this is what she said. A Gideon was listening and doing God's will, and he had no idea that a life was literally seconds away from eternity. That day, she and her son opened God's word together, and they began a faith journey. God will provide, won't he? In Mark 16, 15, it says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now you may ask, how can you help the Gideons? And the first thing that comes to your mind is not what I'm about to tell you. The first thing you can do if you want to help the Gideons is to pray for us. Pray that we can be a success. I don't know if you've been told this or not, but we pray for you. We pray for you, I know, every Saturday morning when we have our prayer meeting, then that's when we have it at 7 o'clock in the morning. So now it used to be over at my church. We had food back then. <laughs> but now it's moved back over here to LaGrange. Uh, and it's uh, at First Missionary Baptist, I believe, is the name of the church. And we have it there. But one of the things that we pray for every Saturday morning, we pray for a lot of different things. But we pray for your pastor. And we pray for you, your, our churches. Call them our churches, our churches and our community. We need you to do the same thing for us. If we capture your heart, we're not worried about capturing money. <laughs> All of that will fall in place, I can promise you. The other thing we need, another thing we need, is we need professional businessmen and women to come join us. You've got a good turnout. You've had through the years a good turnout from your church. You ought to be very, very proud. I know, I'm trying to think now, it's Holton and Don and Mary. I'm not sure how many more come from this church. But uh, in the past, I think you've had others as well that have come from this church. And uh, I'm very proud. You should be very proud of uh, what you've done. Um, because uh, we need people to come help us. But we do need your financial contributions as well. They're tax-free, as most of you folks already know. And they are used for the purchase 
and distribution of God's word, every penny that you give will either go for the purchase of Bibles or the stamps and the mail and the whatever it takes, the shipping um, that, that has to be done concerning them. And so I don't want to tell you it just all goes into Bibles because that's what it goes into. And you ask, well, how do we operate? Well, there are some paid people in Nashville, Tennessee that get paid that are Gideon workers. They get paid through our membership dues from the auxiliary and from the Gideons. Uh, that's how the contributions come in that way. Another way you can help us is through uh, the Gideon card program. We have various cards. I think you have a card rack here somewhere, uh, and I brought some to refill it if, if we need to, because uh, I hope we're refilling it. I want you to use these cards. You can use them. They're thinking of you and trying to remember all of these things. Uh, well, all of these, I think, here are thinking of you. And um, in honor of somebody, in memory of somebody, uh, we've got cards of different kinds that you can use. And what you do is just take that card and you can either give it to the person if they're uh, where you can give it to them or you can uh, mail it to them or whatever you want or we'll do it for you. But also there's an envelope in there where you'll put, hopefully, $5 per Bible and you'll write in your card when you send it to that person how many Bibles you have uh, sent in honor or memory of that person. Um, so do use these cards that we have stationed somewhere in the lobby or somewhere in, in this church because that then send that money to, it's all an honor system, and send it to the Gideons, and um, it is appreciated, and you'll be doing God's work. We also have a faith fund that we, that has nothing to do with you. It has to do with us members. We donate too, and we call it the faith fund. A young boy was flying aboard a large commercial jet. An elderly lady was sitting right next to him. All of a sudden, the plane started to rock. Went up and it went down and it went sideways and it went, it went different ways. The elderly lady got real, real scared. She didn't know if they were going to crash. The little boy calm as he could be. And after a while, they came out of all this turmoil. And the elderly lady turned to the young boy and said, well, why didn't you get scared? And the little boy said, well, you see, I know the pilot. He is my father. And if you stop and think about it, isn't that the same way with God? He's our father, isn't he? And if you trust in God, it'll help calm your fears and help you in many, many ways. Um, I also wanted to mention to you another uh, thing we have with the Gideons before I close, and that is we have an app card. If some of you would like to have an app card, you can see me or see Mary or Don, and we will make sure that you get an app that you can put on your phone where there is a Bible that is placed on your phone. So if you want to get one like that, or many of you, I'm sure, that use your phone that way have probably already got them on there, some, uh, some type of Bible. This is a very good Bible. Uh, it, it has all the features you want. It'll talk to you. It'll do all sorts of things. 
uh, I think there's about 2,000 some languages you can get it to speak to you in. Uh, of course, we're, we don't use that many in uh, the countries we reach, but um, yeah. I do want to thank you for the opportunity to allow the Gideons to come into your church and speak, not just today, but each and every year we try to come around, and I hope your door will always be open. I want to thank the entire church. I want to thank uh, Reverend Deck. Deck, I believe is the way you pronounce it. I don't see him. He's somewhere He's around. In He's in Children's Church. Okay. Well, I might not be talking long enough for him. I don't know. <laughs> he might be a long talker. He might. Be, he might be the one you need. To <laughs> you need to talk to. Um, if you feel today that there's any desire in your heart. And you're not, you have not had the opportunity to accept the Lord as your Savior. I want you to feel free to come to the altar uh, as we end. Um, I don't know how we're going to end. Does Nate usually come and oh, you're, the, you're, the, you're the guy that ends up, huh? Um, if you just feel like you would like to come to the altar because you have some problem or some situation, I want you to feel free to do that. Uh, if you feel like... Uh, you'd like to join us um, as Gideons, uh, please see one of us that are Gideons and we'll be glad to talk to you. I'm going to leave you with a prayer, but my prayer is going to be a poem, if you don't mind. Let us bow your heads. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. In every problem life sends, a faithful friend to share, for every sigh, a sweet song, and an answer for each prayer. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. Now, if I didn't talk long enough, I'd be glad. <laughs> to figure that one out, but I've always been excited about the work of the Gideons, and as Earl came, thank you Earl, good job, as Earl came a moment ago and began to share with us, my mind, it turned over and over again in a number of stories, Gideon stories that I've heard that have just stuck in my heart. Have you ever heard of a Jesus nut? You know about the Jesus nut? Well, the Jesus nut is that nut that's on the top of the blades of a helicopter. Now, this story goes back years ago that I heard the Gideon shared. He was a Vietnam veteran and uh, had been saved, but his story began here that he was in the medics, I believe, and would fly into those combat zones. And the, that Jesus nut, so he was telling us, if you ever lose that nut, you're going down. And a, a bullet, they were flying, and one bullet, one hit that nut, and they dropped right out of the sky. 
another helicopter coming in to rescue them. Uh, he told the story that uh, you don't, you're not to be captured, and he had pulled his pistol and was ready to take his life, and they heard the blades in a distance, and another helicopter's coming. They come right down, right by uh, this helicopter that has crashed, and somebody out of the other helicopter took a Bible, a Gideon Bible, and threw it, well, they dragged all of those guys in, took a Gideon Bible and threw it right on top of his chest. Well, story goes that he began to read that Bible. And he trusted Christ. So many, many, many. One of my Bible college professors was saved in the Marines. And he spoke several years back down in Newburn for one of the pastor's conferences down there. So many stories. You remember Holton and Mary Margaret made a trip to the Philippines with Bobby and myself uh, after we'd come home. And anyway, we went back to, to teach for two weeks. And there was a little girl in the school, Barbie. Barbie had a Gideon Bible. This one is still up here, Earl? Yeah, right here. Of course, this one is this thick. That was one of the only Bibles that Barbie had. She was in the Bible college there. She was a graduate of University Los Banos, uh, the university there, and she came over to the school to get Bible training. She was a third or fourth year student. But Holton was enamored with this little girl. Her Bible wasn't this thick. Her Bible was about that thick where she had gone through, marked it. I don't know how she could even read it. And Holton did everything he could possibly do to make a trade. He wanted to give her a brand new Bible so he could get her Bible and bring it back as a testimony. She was having nothing to do with that. Well, let me tell you about Barbie. We support John Abraham in Indonesia. Barbie is part of the team of Word of Life in Indonesia ministering beside John Abraham and Sheila, another couple and another of our graduates of the Bible Institute there. But Holton wanted that Bible and she was not turning it loose. I could tell you other stories. We were doing a blitz in one of the major cities in the Philippines. There were 80 students or so, and myself and some of the other teachers and administrators of the school. And uh, the students sleep wherever they can find a place on the floor to sleep. Well, they did put myself and several others in a motel. A motel is nothing like what you have here. But you know what? I, what I was, I, I thought to myself, there was a Gideon Bible distribution taking place in that city, and the Gideons were staying in that motel. Gideons are worldwide. Over three billion Bibles since the Gideons have been in existence. What's God's promise? My word will not 
return unto me void. You know, we've heard the gospel here today, and maybe, just maybe, the gospel did penetrate some heart. Or are we possibly speaking to mannequins today? I trust you know the gospel. I trust the gospel has penetrated your heart and you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. If you haven't, Amanda's going to play. She's going to begin to play softly. And the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart about your spiritual condition. Don't be a mannequin. This would be a great day for Jesus Christ to save you, come into your life, change you forever and forever. So will you stand with me? And uh, we're going to have just a few moments of silence. You praying, Christians praying, that if there is someone here today and they're going to not be a mannequin any longer. They're going to respond as the Holy Spirit of God is tugging at their heart. Just slip out from where you are right now. Christians are praying. The Spirit of God is working. Maybe you'd just like to come down and say, Pastor, I'm tired of being speechless like a mannequin. I want to receive Christ today as my Savior. Someone will go out with you, take the Word of God, and they'll show you how to know the Lord, how to be saved. So if that's you right now, maybe the Spirit of God is speaking. We're praying for you, whoever you are. We're praying for you. Just slip this way. Father, we have so much to be thankful for. We have a living Savior who died and rose again. Seated today at the right hand of our Father in heaven as an advocate interceding even today for each of us who know Christ. Thank you, Father, for that great assurance, that confidence that we will one day be with you as adopted children into the family of God. Possibly there's some here today would miss that or have missed that adoption, and they need to be saved. You work in, in the hearts of each and every one. May no person leave here today with an unregenerate heart. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.